This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. Woodbury Reports, with your host, Lon Woodbury, talking with leading professionals about how parents and others can help their struggling teens, preteens, and young adults. Now here's your host, Lon Woodbury. Welcome back to the Woodbury Report. I'm Lon Woodbury, located in North Idaho. And here's where we talk to knowledgeable people about all things involved with struggling young people and the programs and people that try to help them. Today, we're going to try to answer what bullying really is and how you can protect yourself from it. My guest is Jeannie Sisko-Meth. She lives in Utah. And, well, good afternoon, Jeannie. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Lon. I appreciate it. Okay, well... Uh, Jeannie's wrote a book called Bully Proofing You, and that's the title of our segment today. And I want to remind those that are listening, uh, that are here and listening uh, uh, live, there's a chat function in the lower right hand of the screen. And if you want to ask questions of our guest or myself, uh, feel free. We'd appreciate your feedback. Feedback. Okay. Well, Jeannie, what kinds of bullying did you see as an educator? Janie's been an educator for a number of years, but uh, what kind of uh, bullying did you see? Thank you for that question. There is many different kinds of bullying, and sometimes it's, you know, it's the physical, sometimes, but usually it starts with verbal um, comments, you know, uh, snide remarks. It's trying to intimidate and so when I, when I talk in my book, Bully Proofing You, I define bullying as repeated trying to intimidate someone. So it's something that is repeated over a period of time. I don't talk specifically about one incident. That's not considered bullying. However, the steps I give in my book, Bully Proofing You, can definitely be used for one-time incidents as well. Okay, well, that's... Uh, uh... Um, the next question I have on that is, what kind of harm does bullying do? So, uh, again, some some of your experience and what happens to the kids that are bullied and maybe what happens to the bullies. So what's the harm? Okay. Yeah. The big, the biggest thing is that bullying is so individual, but as a whole, it totally depends on how you handle the incident. If you allow it, to uh, impact you and cause damaging effects, they can last a lifetime. It can be absolutely horrendous for you. Um, if if it is, and I'm talking about verbal bullying now, that can be as, just as horrendous. 
But if when things are said to you, if you have a good positive self-esteem and belief in yourself, the effects have, it may hurt, but you move on. And so the main purpose or the main focus of the, the book is to build your confidence and personal value so that when people say things to you that, you know, hurt, it'll be okay. You can go ahead and overcome it and move on. And so when you say, how do people react? It's so individual. And lately, the media has been covering all the bad reactions to bullying. There are good reactions as well. Good reactions? What do you mean? So um, part of the reason I wrote the book was because of the bullying that I went through as a child, um, the bullying that my children went through. So you can take a bad experience and turn good out of it. Take what you've learned and teach others so that their recovery can be much quicker or so that they don't have the devastating effects that someone else might have. Um, part of the reason I wrote wrote my book, I do weekly newsletters as well, is to remind people that they set their value. I set my own value. And so um, when I... When I believe in myself, it doesn't matter what you say. That may hurt me if you say something mean to me, but it will not devastate me and cause paralyzing, lasting effects of a lifetime. Okay. Well, I was thinking, uh, I saw a uh, a YouTube video uh, oh, yesterday, I think it was, and it showed some six-year-olds. And uh, something was going on, and the voice comes out from one little girl and says, We're hurting her. You want to help? Uh and uh, wow. that, yeah, uh, uh, very vicious. I think one part of the definition, as I understand it, is is bullying is intended to hurt. It's not necessarily a put down or not necessarily a, uh, a something that's taken inadvertently. As you say, it's it's consistent. Uh, is there a difference between the uh, sexes? Because uh, I think of it from my experience was bullying would be in the playground and somebody uh, coming up and intimidating and and maybe using some physical force, which I think is more common with boys. Girls is more yes, verbal, yes. and I, and girls tend to be more verbal and hurt the social status. Uh, and, of course, that part especially has spread onto the Internet. So that's a whole new area of bullying. You want to talk about that and what you've seen and what's happening there? Yes. The, the playground bullying has moved now because there's so much media interaction and there's so much... Um, electronic interaction that was not around when I was little. I'm assuming not around when you were little either. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, there's there's so much. And what has happened is we've lost the human element of contact. You know, my son and my daughter will text uh, their friends. And so much is lost because if you remember, verbal communication is only 7% of communication. And the rest the of the other ninety-three percent, yeah. The other, the other ninety-three percent is body language, tonality, inflection, and all of that is lost in in typing or texting, you know, email. And the other part that is lost is you're not looking at the person, and so it's much easier to hurt someone when you don't think of them as a person. The reason people bully usually, is they are in pain, and they want to inflict pain on others. And so when I, and it's even easier when I'm just inflicting pain on an object, 
you know, I don't even think of them as a person. I'm just, I'm just sharing my pain, my wrath, and, and you happen to be the target. Yeah, well, a lot of it goes on. I remember in the playground, uh, uh, my reaction, I think a lot of people react to it. I remember one time, I think it was in the fourth grade, and there was some girl that she had, uh, uh, she had, had uh, smallpox. She had pockmarks all over her face and was not very good looking, and everybody was giving her a horrible time. And I joined in for it a little bit, and then I backed off and said, I just feel dirty doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I guess I had some empathy or something. But uh, Good for uh, you. <laughs> well, and that's then that's what uh, we need to remind people. Well, we need of. more of that. But then my yeah, mother had an do. example. My mother had an example when she when she was a kid. One time, somebody was picking on some some girls were picking on another girl and doing something like that, and she thought that wasn't right. And she got in, tried to defend him. The whole mob turned on her, and uh, yeah. that's a that's a real deterrent to trying to help somebody out when they get in that situation. Is you can become the target. Yeah, it is. You see that? I saw that a lot as a teacher, um, or in the military, they call it the pack effect, you know, that mob effect, Mm -hmm. where um, it's much easier to join in with a a negative element than it is to try and swing that to positive. But what I'm hoping is that by bringing the human element back in to our communications and our connections with people, that we can remember this is a human. And as we spread that word, there are people, I've seen many examples of, of people in a school that will step up and say, hey, this is somebody's you know, friend, this is somebody's daughter, and we need to treat them with respect. And when that happens, that people, you, you know, when you said, I don't feel very good doing this, people are reminded of that. And it's that, that oh my goodness, what are we doing? And we definitely need much more of that. And, and it is happening. There are examples out there. We're starting to see more of it on, on the Internet. And, and um, I just want to continue to help that to grow. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, we'll get more, more into that uh, uh, and that aspect of it, of what you can do to, as, you, as uh, the term you use, bully-proof yourself. Uh, we've been talking about the playground, and it comes in a bunch of different ways. But uh, doesn't bullying occur at all ages? Don't you even see it in the workplace? Or even, I presume, yes. in, the, uh, in the rest home for senior citizens? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, bullies come in all shapes, sizes, sexes, religions, um, and it is a person. The, the main ingredients of a bully is someone who is unhappy or angry, either at, at their environment, and they see no hope for their future. And so they lash out at other people who, who they see as having, you know, as having a better life, whether that's true or not. You know, they see that target or that victim is being better than them, and they want to stop that. They want to bring them down. Yeah, maybe, uh, well, they're worse off than I am or make them worse off than I am, and I can feel a little bit better, some of that going on. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, yeah, we talked yeah. about the harm, and it's obvious the harm that can be done to a victim. If it isn't handled properly uh, or some sort of intervention, it can scar somebody for life. They can be afraid yeah. to... Uh, get into groups, afraid to trust, all kinds of things. But the bully itself, yeah. if the, uh, as you say, the, uh, the bully is in pain and is lashing out, so the bully is a victim in this, uh, in a sense, 
and needs help too, or the bully will just Correct. continue on and get all these consequences. Because if you do that as an adult, that sometimes will be breaking a law, yeah, or they couldn't get into that. So the bully, probably more than anybody else, the bully needs some intervention to learn to to handle their pain and learn to feel good about themselves. Yes, they do. They do. And so if you find yourself a victim of bullying, you need to let someone know, especially if you're in school, middle school, elementary school, high school, you know, let someone know so that they can intervene and help the person and help you as well. And there are so many, I was at a a school recently giving a presentation and I talked about how there are, everybody practically has a cell phone and there are hotlines that you can contact and call into. And so you know, people were afraid of being uh, appearing a snitch or uh, intervening when they shouldn't. But there are so many cell phones that nobody would know who sent that anonymous message. And so that has helped curb, you know, some of the backlash that people are afraid of. Where are the lines? Because when I think about bullying, uh, there's, you go to the extreme and uh, uh, it goes over the line and beyond just bullying, like say gang activity. Sometimes the Correct. way they intimidate people is looks the same, but it's, uh, it's something entirely different. Could you talk about that? And where's the line when something goes beyond just bullying? Bullying is, so gang, gang involvement is bullying at a higher level. There's more people involved. And um, at the school where I taught, Uh, We had a bunch of students who had been involved in gangs. And when I first started teaching there, I didn't understand. I just didn't understand a bunch of kids getting together to wreak havoc. And the more I talked to my students, the more I started understanding it was them creating their home environment. And the downside was the, the home that they were creating for themselves was very violent and destructive. And so if you could turn that, you know, and make it, make other environments, which is what my school is trying to do. So you have the beginning stages are some verbal comments. You know, I say something to you and you react and and I feel bigger. So then I escalate it to the next stage where, where I say more things to you or it becomes a daily confrontation. That's when it becomes bullying. And then when it moves from there, it, go, it can go into the physical realm where I push you or I shove you or I hit you. Then from there, it can move up to even more where now I'm getting my friends involved in bullying you and pushing you. And, and, and so it's just if no one intervenes either with a bully or with a victim, it just continues to get worse and worse. That it will continue to escalate. Until some some sort of intervention in the worst possible case, I guess, in that situation is uh, when it gets so bad that the law gets involved and intervenes, right. which, exactly. Exactly. which probably isn't going to help anybody. Well, right. uh, you, you talk about how to protect yourself from bullying, and that, I think, will spend most of the hour uh, uh, talking about that. And I'll use an example from when I grew up. Now, I'm a grandfather, so this is quite some time ago. But I remember a couple of kids would pick on me and give me a problem. And uh, I remember one kid in particular, I would go in some place and had to go close to his property. And he always collared me and wanted to punch me out. This is very physical. We had a bunch of boys. Yeah. And we got into a fight. I got in a lucky punch and uh, hit him in the nose and knocked him flat. And he was my best friend forever. That was, how, that was one way to handle bullying. 
I'll right, eat the monk yeah. rice when it's physical. It's not, right. it's, not, uh, it, it's not politically correct anymore to do it that way. But what are some right. of the things, uh, you know, how can you bulletproof? Uh, what's the most important, I guess your question, how can you protect yourself and what's maybe the most important step, first step? The, the most important first step is to choose to believe in yourself, to choose to believe that you are valuable no matter what someone else says. If I have that basic belief that I know I am valuable, that I know I was created for a purpose or I was born for a purpose, and I know that without a shadow of a doubt, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. And that's the big part of my newsletters. Of I have a Facebook page, Bully Proofing You Facebook page, um, that repeats that message over and over and over again. You're valuable. And it's a decision that you make and then action that you take. You know, Most people don't. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was thinking of people that uh, I think one of the things about bullies is they pick somebody that's uncertain in themselves. They pick the most vulnerable. They tend to pick the yes. most vulnerable to pick on because they can't fight back, but they give out signals. I've heard this is... Uh, uh, Oh, uh, muggings on the street. They look for somebody that's shuffling along, eyes down, don't seem sure of themselves, and those are the ones they'll try to, to mug or, or assault. Yeah. Whereas if the person is confident and is looking around, and uh, 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 they say, well, that might be too much trouble. Uh, I suspect that's <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, so the is. first step, it's easier said than done what you're talking about, but I can see where it's the first step and the most important step is get confidence in yourself, and that's a whole study all in itself. But uh, what, what do you suggest, uh, suggest to do that they have to work on themselves in order to bully-proof themselves? What I suggest, um, and I spend three chapters on in my book, so it's, it's very important. But what I suggest is, first of all, make that decision that you're valuable. And if you have a low self-esteem or you don't have any confidence, the first time you say it, you're going to say, no, I'm not. You just have to keep saying it. I know that I am valuable. And then start finding references in your life that support that because they're there. They're all over the place. People are saying it to you. You're valuable. I love you. I like you. You're beautiful. You know, you're handsome. You're smart. People are saying those things to you right now, but you're choosing to negate them. So, so if you part, start to look so for them, part, they'll show up. You'll see them. Yeah. So part so, of that is get somebody else on your side, a teacher, a mentor, friends, yeah. uh, a large part of it so that you get the, you're getting positive feedback. It's awfully hard when you're uh, uncertain yourself and, uh, and being bullied to tell yourself that you're okay. That's very hard without right. some sort of outside thing. So right. part of it should be so, to get some allies. Yeah. They're there. They're already there. The problem is, is you're just not hearing them, mm-hmm. you know, because you think, so I'm going to give an example. Think of, of something you always wanted. Let's just pick, I'm going to pick mine, Porsche Cayenne. And before I became aware of a Porsche Cayenne, I didn't know they existed, so I never saw them on the road. But as soon as I became aware of it, and I started, I mean, they were everywhere. It's the same with people saying nice things to you. They're there. They're everywhere. You're just focusing on what the, what the icky things are. So choose today or choose every moment to listen to the good things people say. And that, awesome. and then you keep rolling that over and just gain momentum with it. And, and you are valuable. There's so, uh, every single person is valuable. 
So it sounds like a good dose of mindfulness, which has uh, become very popular lately, is necessary. Just listen, be yeah. aware of these things, and think about them. Because, yeah, I can see if somebody's uh, feeling down or uncertain in themselves, it'll be uh, any compliments will be in one ear and out the other. They don't really believe them, and that's right. that can yeah. be deadly. Yeah. So okay. be mindful. <laughs> that's, yeah, be mindful. Think, you know, think. Be mindful and think. You know, and if you if you want love, give love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Just like if you want to have a friend, be a friend. Right, exactly. Be a friend. How can I help you? And, you know, a, a worry shared is halved, or I think it's cut even and even smaller than that. When I help other people, my worries go away, and I thank goodness that mine are as small as they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it's interesting, the mind tricks we play, and some of them are very healthy. And I, when yeah. I use mind tricks, that's not a negative. But, uh, yeah, just yeah. to be aware of that. It sounds like in some cases that might be if a kid's being bullied, maybe one of the things the parents should do is to uh, uh, get them some counseling or find at least a good mentor, pastor, right. counselor, yeah. uh, uncle, yeah. something like that, to to uh, beef up their confidence. That, that would be one of the, uh, well, as you say, the most important thing. Uh, about it. What are some other things that uh, people can do to protect themselves? The other, the other thing they can do is be mindful of the bully in their mind. Um, sometimes we are much more rude or obnoxious or bully, bullying ourselves more than other people do. You know, I know in the past I've said things to myself that I would never allow someone else to say. And so believe in yourself and then be very careful of what you say to yourself. And then Stop people when they say rude things to you. When I first started teaching, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to cause waves or, you know, you're, you're unsure of yourself, you're not sure what to do. But I realized when a student started attacking me, if I just said, excuse me, wait a moment, I give you respect, I expect respect back. And, and they, would, they would stop for a moment. So well, sometimes you're, no, it's just, you're no longer playing victim. Yeah. You're saying, I don't let people talk to me this way. Thank you, but don't talk to me this way. And that works? So, yeah, it does. It does work. Um, another thing is is you can ask a question. And I, I talk about that in my book, too, about how some people are bullying just out of habit. Some people who have been a bully for a long time are just, they see you, you look like a victim, and so their initial attack is, is against you. And, and if you, but the question has to be a pattern interrupt. It can't be, why are you calling me that? Because then that opens up the floodgates to more, more insults. But if you ask them, what did you have for lunch today? Or what did you have for breakfast today? It, we are raised to answer questions. I mean, that's how we're trained through school and, and our parents and everything train us to answer questions. So if you ask a question, they're going to answer it. And that can interrupt them enough just that it's over. It, it causes, you know, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, cool. And you just walk on and go on your way. So you just sort of deflect the uh, yeah. harassment, I guess you could call it. And if you do it with confidence, they'll back off. You're not a victim or you distracted them or got them involved in something other than wanting to cause you harm on that. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it all comes back to the, your number one point, uh, beef up your confidence. Yeah. Beef up your confidence. Believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Know that you are here for a purpose. 
Okay. Well, bullying can be, as you mentioned, snide comments. Uh, it can be uh, nonverbal. I've seen some uh, situations and boys, I think, especially do that. Uh, the body language yeah. can be very intimidating. You all act like they're almost going to assault you. They don't need to touch you, but that can be very powerful and can be intimidating. And uh, and you get into the fight or flight, and uh, and your uh, prefrontal cortex tends to freeze up, and that's uh, right. yeah, right. and that again puts you right into. Uh, yeah, the bullying situation. Well, uh, what kind of bullying is the most difficult to deal with? Um, any type is because your reaction, you were just talking about it, you go into freeze mode and then you go into fight or flight. And when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And so if I move into I, I, that... I, I like that. Can I quote you on that? You sure can. Yeah, I that's, got that from good. Blair Singer, and oh, okay. um, and yeah, he's. But it's when you're so when you're tied up in your emotions, you're not thinking, and and so you have to train yourself how to move through and still be able to think and still be able to process. And so if you can get curious about the instant incidents of you know bullying, whatever's going on. You're curious, you're insightful, you're no longer in that emotional victim state, and you're able to think and process information. So that's, that's huge in that okay. uh, fight, flight, or freeze. Okay, so most, uh, I, I guess the answer, the answer to the question is the kind of bullying that's the most difficult to deal with is the kind that you're intimidated and you freeze up. Right, Something that yeah. makes you freeze up and, and, get, and fear tends to run the show. Yes, fear is the number one. That's how bullies hurt people is through fear. And something that could make me fearful may not make someone else fearful. You know, just like you were saying, boys typically react physically. And so a bully may be more physical, but if I get physical back at him, it shows I'm not afraid anymore and I broke that, that um, intimidation factor. So okay. I don't, that was, that I don't recommend that was, physical. That was my solution. That was my solution. <laughs> yeah, it was. Example. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that was my husband's, too. He got chased home from school every day by a bully and got punched in the face. And he finally mm-hmm. did the same thing. He did punched him back, and the guy never bugged him again. Yeah. And so when you're running, you're in fear mode. When you stop and fight back, you're no longer fearful. And so yeah. you don't have to go to that physical state. You right, can block that's... that fear before if you learn how to react appropriately when you're fearful. Uh-huh. Well, you have some more suggestions. How do you react? Because that's a difficult one when you're all of a sudden in a situation of being bullied. I, I imagine it's very difficult to maintain your calm. Uh, yes. Would you have, yes. have some suggestions how someone you might do it? Say they're in the situation because part of it is try not to get into situations. You don't walk down right. lonely streets right. and stuff. Uh, but... The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just common sense. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how how might somebody uh, read your? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Fear because yeah, I do I do talk about that, and that's exactly what you have to do. You have to practice being afraid. And what I suggest is face some of your phobias, whatever your phobias are. Mine was was water. Um, I was afraid of water. I almost drowned when I was younger, and so I learned how to scuba dive. And it is a very step-by-step process that you slowly move through. You know, if I had just gone out, put on gear, and jumped in the deep end of the swimming pool, it wouldn't have happened. 
but they mm-hmm. taught me how to breathe. They taught me what equipment to use. We started in the shallow end and then moved to the deep end. It's the same thing with bullyproofing yourself. You start with small things that get you in that fearful state and then practice moving through and thinking. So one of the things a bully does is punch your buttons, find your buttons, punch your fear buttons? Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Okay, well, some of them are pretty good at that. Yeah, you know, they detecting, are. Detecting. Well, kids tend yeah. to be good about the buttons of the parents, so I guess they'd be good at, uh, uh, at victims. Yeah, well, and, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, we send out signals of who we are all the time. You know, remember we were talking about language. Um, 93% of it is nonverbal. And so when I'm walking down the road, I'm communicating with everybody around me. And if I'm communicating victim, then they know that I have a bunch of fear buttons that they can push immediately. The number one fear of most people is fear of rejection, fear of public humiliation. Mm-hmm. That's why bullying works so well at intimidation, because that's what's happening. It's public humiliation. Okay. You mentioned in the material you sent me about a comfort zone. And uh, so my question is, why is it important to stretch your comfort zone? And what do you mean by comfort zone? Oh, thank you so much. That's exactly what we were talking about. When you get outside of your comfort zone, fear comes in and you have to learn how to think and move through that. Uh And so, so if you're around things that you're comfortable with all the time, you never learn how to deal with an inappropriate situation. When you put yourself in a fearful situation and teach yourself how to process and think and better work and harness motion, can harness my, my curiosity emotion, or I can harness my love emotion or my connection emotion to overcome my fear connection. And that's what stretching your comfort zone is all about. It's practicing moving through those emotional issues so your intelligence can come back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that apply now what we've been talking about? We've been sort of going back to the, the playground situation. How does that apply to bullying on the Internet? Okay. Bullying on the Internet is, to me, is kind of, um, I, I, I'm going to stick my neck out here and move through I'm going to push a lot of buttons right now. Okay. Bullying on the internet to me is just ridiculous. You know, shut it off. Stop reading it. Um, delete it. You know, you don't have to sit there and read those horrible remarks from someone. And I, you know, it's, it's that, that it feeds that horrible negative self-concept. Um, it's planting seeds that you don't want in your brain anywhere. And so delete it, get rid of it, change the number, um, create a different page. That's, that's my belief on that. That's the, to me and my understanding and my experience, that's the easiest form of bullying to deal with. Yeah, just delete it, just not read it. Yeah, don't read it. The problem well, is, is, you know, people get, oh, these people are saying these horrible things. And I'd have students come to me, so-and-so sent me a text. Well, why are you reading it? And why is it still on your phone? Why, you know, mm-hmm. so stop reading it. <laughs> okay. okay, well, let's take that one step further and a little bit more complicated. Somebody plants a rumor and it starts going around the school. 
oh yeah, that happens all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so if, and that goes back again to self, self-belief. You know, somebody has spread a rumor, you know, we'll use me as an example. When I was in high school, there was a rumor spread around, um, you know, that, 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 uh, I was, that I was dumb. And, well, part of it was probably true because <laughs> I had a lot of learning you, you, disabilities. You, you, could you, re- could you repeat that last <laughs> sentence? You, you blanked out just a um, second. I missed that last sentence. Okay. People, there were, you know, rumors going around that I had a bunch of different boyfriends and I was dumb, um, you know, and, and so I didn't have any boyfriends. But the last part where I, I didn't think I was very intelligent, I had a lot of learning disabilities. So when you have a rumor that is half mixed with truth and half mixed with a falsehood, it's easier to believe. And so as as a person, when rumors are going around and someone says, hey, I heard, then you just say, oh, really? Hmm, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, rumors, again, are fed with fear and with, you know, if I get defensive and I get angry, then that means I'm hurt, I'm, in, I'm scared, I don't want people to think I'm an idiot. If I get curious about someone else's thoughts, I say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what gave you that idea or what behavior caused you to believe that was true. So what you're Those saying are questions is, that you can ask. is you need is you need to confront to confront it. If if a rumor gets going around you that somebody planted in the internet, say that you need to confront it. Uh, you know, if it comes comes to you. And uh, what is yeah. the old saying? Uh, uh, you don't never explain because your friends won't need it and your enemies won't believe it. Right, right. And I had that posted on my wall um, for a long time because when I first opened myself up. Um, you know, to radio interviews, to TV interviews, uh, and I published my book, you know, there was some fear there. I was afraid, and a mentor of mine told me 10% of the people are going to love you no matter what you do, and 10% of the people are going to hate you no matter what you do. You market to the 80% in the middle, (laughs) and I thought that was great. And there's always, no matter what I say, people are going to not agree with me. That's the beauty of America. That's why I love America. That's why I was in the military, because everybody gets to have their own opinion. And I had to become okay with people saying bad things about me, because it doesn't change who I am. Well, if you're going to be on the Internet, it's going to happen. I have uh, uh, one of my guests a week or two ago was uh, uh, trolls on the Internet, and uh, it comes with the territory. And I have some that... uh, uh, periodically, and generally, when I'm going to get into a funk, it's when I've taken a look at some of that stuff. So I try to ignore it. Too. Right, right, These yeah. People don't because know me. there they are don't people. Know what they're talking about. Right, exactly. And so, if you want to find out more, you can ask what of my behavior led you to believe something like that, or you can just, like you said, you just shut it off and don't don't listen to it. Amanda Dixon is on KSL radio here, and she came and spoke to us as teachers a while back. And when she mentioned that she got some angry letters, I was like, what? She's the most amazing person ever. But it, when later on, when Jeff McGee told me 10% of the people are going to hate you, it made me realize there are people Oops, that don't agree you. with what I say. Oops, we, and that's up, okay. you, blanked out, you blanked out in that whole paragraph. Could you repeat that? 
Oh dear, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I did, did you move I just said a mess. I did. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting still. I'm a very active person. <laughs> oh, it must be torture for you then. Well, anyway, give so, it a good try. Okay, so Amanda Dixon is a radio personality here on KSL, and she came and spoke to us uh, when I was a teacher, spoke to about 6,000 teachers here, and she talked about how she had received hate mail from some listeners, and it just blew me away because I think she's just an incredible, incredible lady. But that's, at that time, I was building my Bully Proofing You program in my school, and I dug deeper. And I and then I spoke with my mentor, Jeff McGee, and he's the one that told me 10% are going to hate you. And I realized that it doesn't matter what I say. The mat, you know, people are going to take it however they take it, and I have to be okay with that because I have to speak from my heart. And And so when you – I had to go through some of that fear when I decided to go public with my program. There are people who say things about me. I have, you know, that that are very unkind, and that's okay. That's just their opinion. There are other people that love me, and I appreciate that. And I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something uh, I was thinking while you're talking. Well, maybe that's sort of a national pastime in too many people. There's these tabloids that uh, some of the rumors you could go on on those very entertaining when you go to the grocery store and check out all the stories. <laughs> Uh, quite imagination there. I know exactly, exactly. Just well, because get... someone says it doesn't mean it's true, right? And it doesn't make any difference if they think if they think that, right? Uh, in most That's cases, just their opinion. Mean, yeah, some stranger yeah. comes up and tells you you're a jerk or something like that. So what? You never right. seen him before. Probably won't see him again. A lot of that's that way. Well, how right, can yeah. the, well let's talk about parents. How can parents help their students? You know, if students getting being bullied or being a bully, I think uh, both uh, are in need of some help. How can parents help them? The biggest thing we'll talk first to you know your child comes home and says so and so called me a name. The best thing you can say is, "Aren't you glad I don't believe that?" Those are some of the most powerful words you can say to a child. The natural instinct as a parent is to negate it, to say, oh, no, no, that's not true. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. And you spend five minutes trying to explain why that comment is not true. And the kid subconsciously starts to go, wow, I must really be messed up because my mom is spending so much time trying to mm-hmm. teach me I'm not messed up. If, if you just say that simple sentence, aren't you glad I don't believe that? It's amazing. When I started using that with my son when he was just young, my son is very tall. He's 15 and 6 foot 8. And so he has been a target for a long time because he's big. And so he would come home crying and, and you know, people hate me. He was physically abused, you know, physically um, bullied a couple of times. And, and when I learned those words from Foster Klein and Jim Fay, Aren't you glad I don't believe that? His whole perspective changed. Mm-hmm. Whole perspective changed. Because it lets them know, just like we were just talking about, it doesn't matter what that person's opinion is. My opinion of you is more important, and your opinion of you is more important. 
in a sense, it sounds like what you're saying is uh, it's one way and more an effective way of saying I love you or I care for you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. supportive of the, and it's an opportunity. Actually, it's an opportunity to, to do that because you don't always get that uh, in there. Right. I got a comment on our chat here. Believe in yourself. That's Well, that's what we're talking about. Uh, well, okay, that's the number one parents can do. How about schools? How about schools? First off, schools need to be, from what I read in the papers, sometimes more sensitive to stuff going on. Uh, we yeah. hear things where some tragedy occurs and they didn't even know, well, I'm thinking of Columbine and the trench coat gang and the vice principal didn't even know they existed. Of course, that's partly right. what happened from large, huge, mega schools. But how can schools right. help their students? What should schools be doing? Schools, and I'm sticking my head out again and I'm going to get some backlash and I'm okay with that. But I am very frustrated right now with schools because they don't want to admit they have a problem. Okay, uh, you, you, blanked, you blanked out again. Uh, again. Ten minutes more of not moving around. <laughs> Could you repeat <laughs> that again? I am traded with right now because don't want to admit they have a problem. You know, when I approach them and say, hey, I have this program that will help you, they're, oh, no, no, we're, we're handling it in-house. You know, we don't want any, we don't, they don't want it. And that is very frustrating, very frustrating. And so, first of all, I think there needs to be someone that says it's okay to address this issue and fix it. They got to recognize the program. They got to recognize the problem first. Yeah, they got to be okay with saying, "Hey, we have a problem. We want to fix it," but they're afraid to admit there's a problem because they're afraid of the backlash. I think they're afraid of the backlash. Well, you admitted there's a problem. So you must have a really bad problem. No. You know, I just went to a school um, a while back, Joel P. Jensen. They were awesome. I contacted Brian. He's the principal there. And he said, you know what? We need you in our program as quickly as you can get here. Wow. Does that mean that they have a worse program? No. They are taking immediate action. It's a middle school, which is the number one place for bullying. And they are taking action to make sure nothing happens. Other schools have a tendency to be reactionary. Joel P. Jensen is very, is very um, forward-thinking. We want to stop the problem before it gets bad. And if we had more of that in our schools, we wouldn't have the problems. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're saying, and we got uh, some comments in the chat here, you know, what you talked about, believe in yourself, let others have their opinion, you have your own, but there needs to be open communication, don't sweep it under the rug, that applies to the school, because schools tend to, yeah, uh, Yeah, I was in the classroom for several years, and yeah, that's a first reaction, well, let's uh, sweep it under the rug and maybe nothing will happen, uh, Yeah. instead fix what's broke, open the lines of communication, let things be known, Uh and they're saying things in, di- in a little bit different words, exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So the schools need to get to get real and have the good of the students as a number one priority. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes they forget that when they get so much in rate rules and regulations and things, particularly the huge high schools or the huge schools. Right. Uh, right. They for- they forget to put the kids first. And uh, I know it gets difficult in that, but uh, okay. Well, what skills are needed? You talked about practice and skills, and we touched on a little bit. Could you elaborate a little bit more? A victim, somebody's getting bullied, or it's starting to set up to where that would be. So what skills uh, do they need? Could you elaborate a little bit more on that and a little bit how they can maybe help 
get that mental attitude that they need, which I think is what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, the last few chapters of my book go over exactly how to practice. They have role plays and stuff. So um, bullyproofingyou.com or my newsletter that I send out goes into more depth. But what you can do is get a friend because we all have have at least one friend (laughs) and practice what you're going to say. So um, at school, I just got to school and a bully confronts me. I can ask them, oh, wow, what time did you get up this morning? Mm-hmm. You know, and you want to practice, what are you going to say? And actually say it out loud. It's just like, you know, my we're a basketball family here. And my son will go and spend hours at the gym, as I did when I played basketball, practicing your hook shot, practicing the layup. But we forget to practice what we want to say. And so if I think, you know, have you ever had someone say something to you and you go home and you have all of these great things you could have said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the back, yeah. The, I think the back, <laughs> back stairs syndrome, syndrome, when you're going down the stairs, you remember what you should have, what you wish you'd said. Exactly. So mm-hmm. take those comments, write them down and practice them. Because what happens is the emotion leaves, your intelligence goes back up, and all of these comments start coming out. But when the emotion is high, the intelligence is low. So when your intelligence mm-hmm. is high, write down those comments and then practice them. What I practiced, how I practiced, what I would go to the reptile part of the zoo. I hate snakes. And so I would write down these comments that I wanted to say. Then I would go stand outside the reptile house and practice saying them. And after a while, I got to where I could stand inside the reptile house and say them. Because even though the emotion was high... I had trained myself that I could still think and I could still say it. And I had practiced those things so frequently that it was becoming a habit for me. And so that's what you need to practice is what are you going to say? And just have some, I I call them canned responses or one-liners, you know, the questions that you throw out. Hey, what did you have for breakfast? What time did you get to school? What's your favorite class? Oh, what's your next class? Those things, and you mm-hmm. practice, and you practice until they just roll off your tongue at ease. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds good, and I, I presume you elaborate and print them out uh, in your book, sort of uh, uh, specific steps and explain them clearly? Yes, I do. I do, yes. Okay. Well, that's real important. Well, we're down to we have about four minutes left, and I want to give you a chance to describe your personal journey and how you became a resource for uh, bullyproofing, as, as you call it. So, and, and include in that how people can get a hold of your book or get a hold of you if they, uh, if they have questions and want to contact you. So go ahead about, I guess you could say it's a four-minute commercial break. Okay, <laughs> all right, thank you. Um, I, as I told you earlier, I was bullied as a kid. I had a lot of learning disabilities, and I was a target. Um, then my children went through it as a teacher. I saw it. And then as people started committing suicide of it, I just, it just was horrible. And people reacting negatively and taking innocent lives all because of bullies. And there's no reason for it. Absolutely no reason for it. It has to stop. And so I wrote the book, Bullyproofing You. I have a website, bullyproofingyou.com. I have a newsletter that I send out every week. And I also have a Facebook page, Bully Proofing You. And you can go to any of those, those 
places, sign up for my newsletter. Um, if you go to Facebook account, shoot me a private message. Um, give me your email. I'll add you to my newsletter list. Or you can go to bullyproofingyou.com and uh, join our newsletter there. And just, you know, per- you can purchase my book on my website. It's also on Amazon. Just get help and believe in yourself. That's my, my message. Believe in yourself. Yeah, well, that sounds like uh, it's very, very important for all kinds of reasons and all kinds of things on that. Um, so what what do you do? You give a lot of presentations and the, with your book. Uh, How has your book been doing? It's been doing well. It's, I have to remember to market it. So thank you for the little commercial. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forget that sometimes. But, yeah, I love going into schools, youth groups, um, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Um, the, it's, it's, um, it is incredible when I can go into a school or a youth group and see lives change. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I became a teacher. And that's the reason why people told me I had to reach more people. And I feel so grateful that I'm able to reach people and I have a product that can help change lives. Are you still are you still teaching, or are you full time uh, working with your book and this uh, bully proofing? I retired from teaching May two thousand twelve, and so I do this full time now, and and oh man, I love it because I teach people who want to learn. Whereas in the classroom, there always seemed to be a few students who hated health, or they hated PE, or they hated you know hated some <laughs> subject I was teaching. Whereas this one, the kids. It, they come because they want the help. They come because they see a need, and it is so easy to help someone who wants help. It's, okay. it's playtime. It's not work. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, and we've just about run out of time. Uh, this is Lana Woodbury with the Woodbury Report, and we've been talking to Jeannie Cisco Meth and bullyproofing you. We talked about her experiences and some of her suggestions on it. Uh, sounds like her book could be if you have a, a child with that a problem, uh, might be a good book to check out. The bullyproofing you. Uh, you can get it probably at outlets everywhere. But uh, welcome back. Uh, our I want to welcome each of you, uh, each of our listeners. We have a, a program every Tuesday at noon, where and next Tuesday we'll talk with another uh, professional about struggling teens on the Woodbury Report. <laughs>